Thank you, Carrie. We're finishing up uh, our sermon series today. We've been looking at the book of Acts and saying to ourselves, what was normal for them and how is it we can get back to normal, their normal. Um, and, and some of the things that they do, the things that they do continually, it's interesting. Some of it happens in the good times, but so much of it happens in times of struggle. We see that struggle happening, happening early in Acts, and by chapter 8, the church is scattering. Chapter 9 is where we were last week, and that was definitely a time of struggle. At 11, we're told again they're still scattering. By chapter 12, you have one of the disciples, James, killed. You've also got Peter imprisoned. And now we're at chapter 13. You've got in verse 13, John Mark taking his ball and going home. And then you've got, by the end of it, Paul and Barnabas literally being driven out of the district. The next chapter starts with a verse that basically says that people were considering, do we mistreat them or do we stone them to death? Real struggle, real persecution, and yet you still see them doing these certain continual things even in the midst of all of that. Also, as we've walked through these passages together, we've, we've reminded ourselves most ministry happens in the normal stuff of life. I love what we do together as a church family. And it is our hope that you will join us in that. As Ben was talking about earlier, fill out that form, look for opportunities to join together. It's the impact we can have as kingdom believers is incredible when we do that together. But most ministry just happens how you do friendships, how you are at the office. What are you doing for those in your community groups? How are you doing dating or marriage or parenting? All of those things, that's where God shows up in so many ways and does incredible kingdom work. And that's, that's what you see in Acts. God showing up in ordinary people, in ordinary settings, and doing extraordinary things. Through our weeks together, we saw that them just setting aside some formal prayer times, that's when the room shook and the Holy Spirit dropped. You just see somebody, Tabitha, in a time of open persecution saying, you know what, I'm going to continually give and continually serve. And then we see them also, we talked about it last week, they started in the good times meeting together, and even though they were scattered, they couldn't stop doing groups together because they knew there was life in that. And today we're going to look at one other thing. What did they do continually? There's four things they did continually. And the fourth one is this. They were continually filled by the Holy Spirit. Over and over again. We're going to see it twice here in our passage. Now before we do talk about that, I want us to talk about the Holy Spirit. The Nicene Creed is a helpful reminder to us that the Spirit is to be both worshipped and glorified. And if you can open up to Acts 13, let's just look at his work to celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit here. We don't want to miss that. The Spirit, as we would guess, is all over the book of Acts. It's basically double over any other book in the entire scriptures. So what do we see here in verse 2? You see that he's speaking. By the way, he does that all the time in Acts. Acts 2, they, they recall from scripture that the that the Spirit would speak. Acts 8, he talks directly to Philip. Acts 10, he talks directly to Peter. Here, he's speaking directly. Even in Acts 28, they're talking about the time that the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophet Isaiah. 
we sometimes get hyper about the things that are not the ordinary stuff of the early church. We were meeting in small group last week, and we were actually going through the book of Acts together, and we're back in Acts 10 when some Gentiles got the Holy Spirit, and they immediately talked about tongues. Now, if you've ever been in some services where tongues are a fire, right? Maybe you've been there. We were talking about that at small group. It's not the normal stuff of Acts. Now, I hope as Wesleyans and Methodists, we believe what the scriptures say about the gift of tongues. Do you know how many times tongues shows up in Acts? A book that talks about the Holy Spirit more than, I mean, like it's like 60-something, 70 times. Three. And actually, the first time in, in, in Acts 2, really it's talking about understanding other languages. But we can get hyper about the gift of tongues. What we ought to get hyper about is God shows up and he speaks all the time. Through his Holy Spirit, he speaks uh, to his people. And that's what Luke reports to us. That's what's normal. Don't miss the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He does that. Paul even says, who are the children of God? Those who are led by the Spirit. Now listen, if he speaks to you out loud all the time, let's talk. Let's have a chat. Okay. But that's what he does. He's always talking. Verse 3. Not only is the Holy Spirit speaking to his people, but he's always sending the people of God. You see him send Barnabas and Saul here. If you're not being sent, you are missing a key ministry of the Holy Spirit. He always sends the people of God to people who need Jesus. Verse 9. Here is the filling of Paul yet again. He's already been filled. He's filled again. And then verse 52, we see it again. They've been persecuted. They've been kicked out. They've literally shaken the dust off their feet. And the Holy Spirit fills them, fills them continually. It's a, it's a reminder throughout the book of Acts that the, the Spirit wants to move. I, had a, I was on a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago uh, with a bunch of Methodist preachers, and Hugh Griffith, who is the Wesley Foundation director at Mississippi State, was talking. And he said, you know, I've never seen this in Romans before, but you can go back later and look at Romans 8. He says, you know, we always bank on one verse. And what's the verse? Well, there are several verses from Romans 8 uh, that we bank on. But one of them is, God works all things for good. He said, have you ever read the verse before that? What verse sets that up? The Holy Spirit is groaning for you in, in ways that you'll, you'll never know. What's the verse before that? The Holy Spirit praise for us now look Romans 8 as much as we hold to that one verse God will work all things for good 17 times in one chapter Paul talks about the Holy Spirit that's the ministry of the Spirit wanting to bless us with the sovereign will of God and working good in our lives but sadly the Holy Spirit never talks of himself he speaks and he sends and he orders all things for good, but we never celebrate it enough. So it's right for us to walk through these past, this, these, this passage today and say, oh, we see it again. You're not only filling, you're working for good for us. Now, we said a couple of weeks ago, the Holy Spirit, his deep desire, and you see it throughout the book of Acts, it's continual. He comes to fill and if you've been with us in our Ecclesiastes study on Wednesday night, it's a reminder to us we're all going to be full of something. We're all going to fill our lives with someone or something. 
And you see it here throughout the book of Acts. They're either filled with the devil, they're filled with rage, they're filled with confusion. Last week they were filled with, uh, or here in verse 45 actually, they're filled with jealousy. Or in verse 52, they're filled with the Spirit. But as you read through the book of Acts and you see all the times people are filled with things or you see when the people of God are filled with the Spirit, that's never the end. The goal is to be filled. Go back and study that word, filled or full. You, Luke owns that word in this book. The desire for God is he wants to come fill our lives. He wants us to be full of God, not just to save us. How glorious is that, that our debt is paid, as we sang, heard, heard just sung. But not only does he want to cover us with the atoning work of the Son, but he wants to fill us with himself. But even that's not the end of all things. It's rare that you bump into a talk here in Acts of God filling without an and. People get full and then something happens. People get full and then there's a ministry or an activity. Verse four of chapter two, they're filled with the spirit, then they can understand different languages. Chapter four, 31, they're filled with the spirit, then they speak a word in boldness. Chapter 6, they're full of the Spirit, then they, can choose, then they can serve the widows. Acts 7, Stephen's full of the Spirit, and then he even sees Jesus Christ at the right hand of God when he dies. Acts eleven twenty four, Paul encourages those in Antioch. Why? Because he's full of the Spirit. Here in Acts 13, 9 through 10, Paul's filled with the Spirit, and so he can not only speak a tough word, he even blinds. Uh, someone. That kind of power in his life. Why? Because I'm full. When we're full, it has to spill out. Those two things go together throughout the entire book. Thinking about yesterday, before I was a believer in junior high, I was invited to a junior high Halloween party. Okay? And I remember a couple of things from that junior high Halloween party. Now, again, I'm not a believer. But somebody was saying, hey, we're going to do this seance. We're going to go in the back room and do this seance and conjure up people and talk to them. Now, I'm not a believer at that point, but I've been in church long enough. And I said, y'all be a fool to do something like that. Now, this person who's heading up the seance committee looked at me and said, you can't say fool. Jesus says you're in danger of hell. If you say that, you're probably going to hell. Oh, okay. Let's have this seance. So my friend and I snuck back in the room and we tied a string to a lamp that was on top of this bookshelf. And then we just mulled with everybody, talked with everybody, and we went back and we had that thing, okay? Again, this is before I knew Jesus. Don't hold me to that. So when it got to my turn, everybody kept saying, hey, I, I want this person to be here, this person. I, I have to be careful because we have kids in the room. I'll just say Beelzebub. I summon Beelzebub. And if you're here... Why don't you make something on the top of that book rack shake? And my friend who's on the other side of the room, so everybody's looking at me, pulls the string, and that light does that. And I said, if you're here, I said, make something shake. And he yanked it. That light turned over, and I jumped up. Beelzebub is here! The room cleared. It was awesome. Even I, as a non-believer, said, those things don't fit together. You're going to yell at me for saying the word fool, but yet you can practice the dark arts. And I know they were just having good kid fun. I know that. But, but those things don't fit together. In Acts, what fits together is if we're full, and God wants to bless us with this fullness, okay? 
But he doesn't just, it's not like, remember, we all have that one uncle at Thanksgiving. As soon as we get full, what does he do? He's on the couch. He's snoring so loudly you can't enjoy the game, right? You get full and you rest. No. The book of Acts says you're filled so it can spill out. That's the pattern throughout the book of Acts. You're filled so the fruit of the Spirit, all of the fruit, may be evident in your life. Love, joy. You're filled so the gifts of the Spirit may spill out of your life. You're filled so that you can serve or share the word or or give whatever that might be. And sadly, if you walk through the book of Acts, the opposite's true. Nobody gets filled and is at a standstill. Everybody who gets filled with the Spirit does something. The same is true as well. Acts 5.3, you get filled with the devil, you hold back money. Acts 5, 17 through 18, you get filled with jealousy, they throw the apostles in jail. Here in chapter 13, verse 45, they're filled with jealousy, they argue with Paul's teaching, and they begin to blaspheme. Chapter 19, 28, and 29, rage fills them, they praise the wrong people. Confusion fills them, and they're wanting to grab the Christians and put them away. Being full always leads to activity. We can rightly pray. We can rightly sing, Holy Spirit, fill. That's a good prayer. That's a good song. But when he comes, you see his ministry throughout this chapter. You see his ministry throughout Romans 8. Go back and look at that. The Holy Spirit comes to heal, to bless, to encourage, to gift, to bless with fruit. But he always comes to be spilled out. And one of the ways he comes, and this is hard to talk about, but it's so right to talk about on this day is verse 52. On a day where we may not feel joy, on a day where we may not feel glad, as we think about the hurt of those who we have lost, when we're filled with the Spirit, it's God's will for us to hold on to Him despite feelings and to know that we can have joy. I'm going to tell you right now, Scripture doesn't say it. I doubt Saul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, felt it that day shaking the dust off your feet the persecution of the church i i don't know that they felt it and that's the good news about this joy even in struggle even in tough moments going back to psalm 19 which acts 2:28 quotes you have made me to know the ways of life you will make me full of gladness. Why? Because of your presence. Because I'm full of you, even when this world breaks me, even when my heart breaks, even when there's struggle all around me here, when the church is scattered, they have joy. You see it again. You get to chapter 12. Peter's imprisoned. There's not joy. There's praying and weeping. But that girl is so full of joy that when Peter gets out of prison, she doesn't even open the door. She goes and goes, tells everybody, and they're filled with joy. Later in chapter 15, they're filled with joy when they hear what God's doing in converting the Gentiles. Here, they're kicking dust off their feet, and they're still joy. We have joy because of what was sung this morning. The debt has been paid. Be glad in spite of feelings. And actually the Greek word here for joy is based on spiritual realities. It is independent of what happens. I have an assurance. I have a confidence. doesn't say I have a feeling. 
because I know God is with me. And it's, it's the same thing with Paul. We've talked about Philippians. I'll let you go back there. That chapter four, I can do all things. That's that whole chapter. I was hungry. I struggled, but I still can trust in the midst of it. Why? Go back to Philippians 1.19. It's the provision of the Holy Spirit. He's filled my life. So no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, I can bank on him. And when he comes, he'll come to give me an assurance and a confidence and a joy in spite of whatever I am feeling. There is to be a fullness of joy in the Spirit. You can tell that I like to eat. I know that. Um, I am reminded by my sister a lot that on my 18th birthday party, we went to Pizza Inn in South Jackson off McDowell Road, and she can quote for you. I mean, if you ask her, she will give you everything I ate that day. I think it was a pizza and a half, and then I had the lasagna. And I had, you know, I was, at 18, I was eating two tra- lunch trays a day, right? I was just, I like to eat. We went to that Pizza Inn, I destroyed that buffet, and two days later, that Pizza Inn closed. And my family's still upset about that. When we were appointed to McGee, in the first couple of weeks of us being there at McGee, we went to the Pizza Inn. I destroyed that buffet, and within a week, it closed. We came to Madison. Now listen, I saw the Pizza Inn. I didn't go anywhere near it because I felt like I'd jinx it. But one day, we went to the donut place by it, and I drove by Pizza Inn, and I just kind of looked in, and I said, you know, we need to go destroy that buffet someday. Apparently, they saw me. They went ahead and closed like a week after I had looked in that place. Today we will gather at three to four. You want to talk about being full? Well, I'm going to take an ounce of juice and I'm going to take a terrible tasting piece of bread and it'll be the most full I've been in 30 days because I, I will have shared with you the very grace of Jesus Christ. When he comes, he comes for so many things in that sacrament. He comes to forgive, but he comes to Phil, I hope you'll be with us today uh, for that. We'll stay late. If we're full, just be patient in your cars. And we're, we're trying to make it a little faster this time. But when he comes, he comes to forgive, to pay our debt, but he also comes to fill. That's the good news of Acts 13. Um, this, is, this is the regular stuff of, of the church. They pray always. They serve and give always. They group together always, and the Spirit always shows up. Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you for this word in a difficult time in the life of your church, but you were so faithful to show up, to fill Paul and then to fill them again at the end of our reading today in the midst of struggle. Father, we're in a difficult time, a difficult season, and we pray, in spite of our feelings, we pray that you would give us your confidence, your assurance, your healing, And Father, it's our prayer that 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 would spill out into ministry, into help, into serving, into holiness, so that this world, who's scrambling for gladness, scrambling for joy, would see that joy and that fullness in your church, and that you would be glorified, your Son would be lifted up, that your Spirit would be made known. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.